guys, welcome to the. I'm the black Muslim girl. Assalamu alaikum, everyone, and welcome back to the TBMG podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, guys. We're not even serious with these introductions, man. But um, yeah, anyways, today we've got a special guest with us. We're so excited to have this very special lady with us on the podcast today. We're going international, we're going overseas, we're going abroad. Um, yeah, so basically we're bringing you the lovely Tahira. Um, I'm going to get her to introduce herself in a bit. But before then, she kind of promised us a little British accent. Um, so to hear her, like, let's hear your British accent. Let's hear what you've got. It, it's not bad, yeah. It's not bad. It could be a little bit better, but it's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, who's that? Years <laughs> of studying, years of practice. No, I'm not going to try doing an American accent. Um, but yeah, like I'm. Um, so yeah. Like I said before, we've got Tahira on the episode today. Um, she's all the way from the land of the blue passport, the US of A. I don't even have a blast, uh, passport. Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a passport. <laughs> I have a blue Metro card. Um, but I love that. I, I love never that. even left the country. So sad. So today we're going to be chit-chatting about what it's like being a black Muslim woman in America. Um, as usual, keeping the conversation candid, honest. No caps. I don't know what that means. You <laughs> know, I can't. Um. So no caps. So no caps. Oh my god! What does, mean? what does it mean? No um, cap. no cap means you're not lying. <clears throat> okay, well I wasn't lying, was I? So I said no cap. Oh. No cap then. Yeah. <laughs> when you say S, now we're talking about capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving ah. on. This um, is gonna be something. So Tahira, it is over to you. Introduce yourself. So my name is Tahira. Um, I am twenty-one years old. I am a content creator, a model, um, a I'm a pre-law student. And what else I do? Oh, I just started my own business called the Honest Closet NYC, which is like a lifestyle slash fashion brand. Um, I'm from New York, if that wasn't obnoxiously obvious. I like <laughs> the way New York is my coffee? entire coffee. <laughs> <laughs> is that how we say it? That's how you guys sound to is me. It... Coffee. It... I don't know. How... You want a cup of coffee? Okay. Coffee. You know what's funny about my I feel like my New York accent like comes out a lot more when I'm upset or I'm around like other New Yorkers. But I think I just like most black people, I've mastered the code switch. So sometimes I'm just I'll talk regular and other times I'm like, bro, y'all really bugging right now, like da 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 like I'll go in. Zero to one hundred. It's the code switch. But for the most part, you know, I think it's probably because I'm from Queens. Like, um, Brooklyn has probably the most uh, 
like aggressive, most stereotypical New York accent. And both my parents are from Brooklyn and I go to school in Brooklyn. So that's probably where that comes from. But um, in Queens, it's like super chill, super diverse. You'll still hear an aggressive ass New York accent. How's the Queen's Child Project going? How's the Queen's Child Project going? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't believe it. I, I cannot. I can't. I can't believe you actually asked. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know what this. I don't know what this is. It's from Power. a show called Power. Oh, oh, I don't yes. watch Power. I don't watch Power. You know, I never finished. I never finished it actually. I still am on episode four. Yeah, season one. So. seriously oh. but you know what happens right you know what happens at the end right yeah 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 yeah. i started i literally me and my dad we started watching the next like spinoff show and i don't even know what the, i didn't even finish the first one because it's a big rich town let's <laughs> go from on, the vocals. forest <laughs> on, vocals i can't you know what's funny 50 cent is actually from um 50 cent is actually from like around like really close to where i grew up um south side jamaica queens that's where he's from him and um Nicki Minaj and oh, I love her accent. I love Cardi B's accent. I love it when she talks. Yeah, Cardi B, she's from the Bronx though. The Bronx. Yes, proper like. And she's yeah, got also, that little also Latino, very, very, very like, aggressive like New York City accent. Yeah. yeah. She's Dominican, isn't it? <laughs> I don't I don't know what she is, but I don't know what that girl claimed. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what she I don't claimed. know. I don't know, because sometimes yeah, that's... I don't know. She black. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's a conversation. I thought she was mixed or something. I don't know. I don't know. I saw, I saw yeah. pictures of her parents and... <laughs> Anyways. Not a, Negro, not a Negro in sight, but anyway. But talk to us, Tahira. What's it like out there? Like, like, I don't like... What's it like? Um, so, I'm in... So, I'm from New York, but I've been in Delaware visiting my dad. And Delaware is actually where, um, I guess, our president, Biden, is from. So, there's been, like, mad like fireworks and like whole like rallies and stuff and it's kind of been pretty crazy um yesterday was just like the million MAGA march in DC um which is supposed to be like a white supremacist is that a new term because I've never heard of that until this year what MAGA no the million MAGA march Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's based off of the Million Man March that um, a lot of Black men did marching on Washington. Um, and it was like, it was, I guess, like them just fighting back against the idea of like what a Black man is supposed to be. And so they were like really fighting for like rights and um, calling for DC to kind of like change some racist policies. And so it was like really monumental, the Million Man March. And maybe I'm bugging. Do I, I do not want to embarrass myself right now, but I'm like, I'm not even gonna say it. I'm not gonna embarrass myself. But yeah, the Million Man March was like a really, really, really big deal in like black history and American history in general. So like the white supremacists, the MAGA people, they came and tried to do like a million MAGA march, but it wasn't even a million people. It was maybe a couple thousand. And a lot of the pictures they were using on Twitter and even the like Trump is using, those are not real pictures. Those are from like sports games. Um, because in America a lot of times, I don't know if it's like this overseas, but when like a people like a sports team win something you're like people will go up in the streets and start like bugging out so yeah. that's really what it was it was like so many different pictures from years ago at different like sports rallies or celebrations and I'm like, oh yeah look at us rolling so deep for trump and that's actually from like three years ago fake news no literally trump supporters really sit here and make 
things up. But other than that, in regards to COVID, I know like New York is doing some weird stuff right now um, because like the numbers are going up, <clears throat> but they want to close, but they don't want to close. So they're trying to find like a middle way close. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All I know is, all I know is that if Biden wants to lock us down for another six weeks, I need another stimulus check. And that's on period. You don't even have a stimulus check. Us lot, not a crumb. What's the stimulus check? The, the closest check, to maybe the furlough scheme. What is the stimulus check? So the stimulus check was one that is basically called stimulus to like help stimulate the economy. And there's been another one that's been sent out when we went through the depression, not depression, recession. Let me get it together. <laughs> when Obama was still president. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, we're just going to give people some money so they can, they have money to spend businesses have money to pay their employees to help just like stimulate the economy and so at the beginning of covid they sent out a twelve hundred dollar stimulus check but a lot of people didn't get it yeah um i was able to get it and that's just because i claim myself on my taxes like i'm my own like individual i'm not under my parents or anything but student most students didn't get it because they're still under their parents taxes um I think there's a lot of other stipulations. A lot of people still never got it. Like, also, if you didn't file your taxes for that year, you didn't get it because they just kind of sent it to you using your tax information. So if you have, like, any jobs off the books, you didn't pay your taxes, you didn't get it. It was it was a lot. But, yeah, so they're trying to talk about doing another one. But Yeah. Who knows? Oh, wow. Wow. Things, uh, things are a little bit of crazy. A little bit yeah. crazy over there. But it's like it differs from state to state, doesn't it? Like, so, so has anyone actually done like a full lockdown? Because I feel like on Instagram, I see all these celebrities mm. doing parties and stuff, and I'm like, things don't look shut down. Um, I definitely think there's been there's been maybe some states that have done full lockdowns. It's different for me being in Delaware now because it's a way way smaller state. It's like maybe sixty seventy thousand people in the state in total it's like super small oh, wow. um so it's a lot easier for them to still navigate like regular life just because it's a couple of people it's easy to be six feet apart you know for the most part but I know in regards to New York it definitely was a strict shutdown but that really wasn't because of COVID it was because of the Black Lives Matter protest and they I remember there was like a curfew um we couldn't be outside after like nine ten o'clock if you were found outside, you were getting, you were given a ticket, um, or you were arrested. Um, people that were outside during the protest around that time, they all got arrested just for violating the curfew that the police literally made up as they were protesting. But yeah, so they made a bigger deal about us protesting than they did about COVID, in my opinion. And they were overly policing Black communities. Like the police were literally just arresting hordes of Black people if it was maybe more than five of y'all in one area and just arresting them, mind you have like white people in Long Island and then the city not even wearing masks, just frolicking lackadaisically and it's okay. And all that happened was like the mayor would get on the news and be like, oh, y'all need to quarantine and social distance. And then mind you, all the black people getting locked up. Girl was not cute. It was that, it was definitely, definitely pretty traumatizing. I went to a protest um, and that, was also kind of crazy and new york has been protesting every day since george floyd died like even in the midst of covid there's been at least one protest every day since he died so oh wow yeah I, yeah i had no idea had yeah no idea. yeah we've seen we've seen some progress though just um i remember i think like sometime this week they announced that nypd no longer has the right to remove your religious 
garb when they're taking yeah. your um, I see that. what is that thing called your mugshot mug yeah, yeah because they used to literally force hijabis to take off their hijabs for no reason like i could take my i can take my driver's license picture with my hijab on my passport picture with my hijab on but then i get to the police station i need to take it off like it's wild um also they also decided this week that if it's an issue of like a mental health um emergency they're no longer going to send the nypd they're going to send actual medical professionals which alhamdulillah is a really big um a really big step because so many people especially if they're having like a mental break they either get arrested um and charged and put in jail like never given the proper care or a lot of them die like on the scene just because the police aren't equipped to handle them and a lot of times they will be like aggressive just because of their mental state at the time but yeah so we'll we've seen some progress but we need a lot more. The NYPD is a mess, a very, 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 very big mess. No, it's not. It's different reading about what's going on there and then actually hearing it from someone that actually there is really. I'm actually um, I have no words. It's all very like I'm a bit taken back, but it's I don't know. Like it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's quite interesting that just because you know like we just we just read yeah. tweets and all of that kind of stuff and. and... But you forget it's actually like a lived experience, like because it, it oh, yeah. almost became like an aesthetic for a while. You know, like let me post my protest shot with you know Black Lives Matter, and then like actually no, that's actually it's a very 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 real thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, so what's it like, like growing up, like young black Muslim women? Um, so New York specifically but the northeast has is that how i said it <laughs> um new york has a lot of like black muslims there's like whole pockets of black muslim communities you'll find black muslims in philly you'll find black muslims in jersey in new york um connecticut so i've been around black muslims my entire life but it's definitely been interesting with people's understanding of me being both black and muslim like You'll see, people will see me being Black and Muslim and still be like, oh, how are you Muslim? You're Black. Yeah. I didn't know that these were, like, mutually exclusive. I didn't know these were the things that, like, were different from each other. That doesn't make any sense. And then I'll have to be like, oh, yeah, you know, Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X. Be like, oh, okay. (laughs) Isn't that, it's just so annoying, though, like, that you have to, like, use those people as an example. Like, why can't you just understand? Oh, yeah. Like, it's just... It's, it's 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 not even super complex. I'm like <laughs> choosing to not understand the fact that I'm black and Muslim. But even a lot of like non-black Muslim people, they were. I, I would say that non-black Muslim people were my first exposure to like racism, like as a child, because I was never really around a lot of white people. I was around black people for the most part, but it wasn't until I would go to the masjid, I would go to like the halal meat market, I would go to like a bodega or whatever around the corner, and then you're dealing with like all these Arab people or. Um, Southeast Asian people and then they were just giving you all this attitude like I remember people would literally walk up to me when I was in the store and even like the cashier would ask me to recite um Fatiha and to prove that I was Muslim like from a from an age of a child like I had people tell me that oh my name wasn't a Muslim name I was like what like based, based off of based off of what Based off of what Muhammad goes by Mo who sells alcohol and pork like what are you talking about <laughs> Lord, but I'm not the Muslim one. Okay. I just realized that we like as black Muslim Brits, we actually don't have like the Muhammad Ali's and the Malcolm X's to kind of make reference to. Um 
which is because we over here we won't really be like oh Muhammad Ali Malcolm X or maybe we would but that's because we oh, don't yeah, have any yeah. like prominent no, I mean we have none whatsoever and I'm not going to be re- re- black Muslim influencer people <laughs> that <laughs> do you know what I mean we have none whatsoever I question, actually based off of um you were saying that you know your first encounter of racism is with um non-black Muslims I was wondering if as an African-American Muslim you face challenges or like that further need to like justify that you're Muslim within like the black Muslim community in terms of like between like African-Americans within Mm. um, the like the Senegalese Americans the Guinea American yeah like other immigrants yeah I was wondering if there's like yeah it it definitely uh no, yeah, that's definitely an interesting experience because in America a lot, and I don't know if it's like this in other countries, but you have a lot of diaspora like wars and issues amongst people that are from Africa, people that are from the Caribbean, and then Black people that are descendants of slave of slavery. And it is a lot of uh, a disconnect. Um, there's sometimes the conversation of like, oh, y'all don't have a culture. Um, you know, you're lazy, you're like disrespectful. And these are things that I've even heard like my friends from African countries said that like their parents have said or things that they heard growing up that they have to like unlearn about, you know, black Americans as they've navigated their relationships with them. But it's definitely been interesting within the Muslim community because the one thing that you'll feel like isolated by is language. Because, you know, black Americans we have um AAVE, which is African American Vernacular English, but for the most part, it's still a stem from like English. We don't have our own designated language and the culture that we've made, so many people just attribute it to American culture. They don't even give us the respect of it being, oh, it's like black American culture. So yeah, it's definitely that big disconnect because I've been in messages where they'll do the whole kutbah in a whole nother language. You'll be sitting there in the masala and everybody's speaking another language and you'll be like, okay, I don't feel awkward at all. You know, I've, I've had situations where sisters didn't want to pray like you know shoulder to shoulder feet to feet with me yeah even even black sisters even black immigrants wow, yeah okay yeah because I was thinking about it earlier I was like oh I wonder if there's like a even even further like segregation within the black Muslim community because I was trying to think with like here in the UK I wouldn't I would I wouldn't say we have I mean you guys can correct me if you think we have like even further divisions do you think I mean I wouldn't say like between uh yeah not on the same scale as like between yeah. americans and then black immigrant muslims as well yeah not I mean, on that yeah because we're scale. all immigrants over here yeah. <laughs> so i think <laughs> i think i don't know like for example nigerians and somalis we get along the muslims per se we get, like, yeah we get yeah along. yeah it wouldn't yeah, be like yeah. a major whew, like yeah the way you're explaining it that's that's another yeah. level wait till the wedding day though that's another issue yeah that's literally where a lot of like the conflict will come from because i mean for the most part people are down to be cordial with you they're down to give you salams when they walk past you in the message but it's different when you want to marry their son or daughter this is a different conversation we're having now and they're just like "Mm, okay so they're like okay so we're going to do the wedding entirely like our culture how we want to do it and so even if there's not a lot there are still like very like 
typical Black American things that happens at weddings. Like, for example, jumping the broom is something that slaves did when they were trying to get married. And so a lot of Black Americans will still jump the broom when they get married. I don't know, my parents jumped the broom. Like, my grandmother, like, decorated their broom and everything. I think we still have it in the house. So like, that's something that I would want to do at my, at my wedding. But I know there's certain things that they're like, yeah, no. Yeah, it's not going to happen. We're going to, like, have it like this, how we do it, with, like, our music, our clothes, our food. Instead of it being like a mix, I, but I do wonder. Yeah, I do wonder though. Is there and, and I probably just don't hear a lot about it, but is there as much as like a a large community of like British people that are descendants of slavery, or is like majority of black people that you'll see in the UK immigrants or children of immigrants? Immigrants, we're all immigrants. Everyone is everyone. <laughs> everyone. Mm. I figured. Okay. It's interesting how we've been through the same thing, but it's had very, 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 very different effects depending on where in the world that you are. Because, like, when you think about with like yeah. Black Brit culture, our Black Brit culture stems from Caribbean and African culture, whereas with Black American culture, that stems from culture mm. that you guys have kind of like created if that makes sense that it's an identity in and of itself so sometimes it kind of coins as in like an ethnicity of some kind yeah 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 so like how do you like how have you managed to kind of like I don't know if fitting is the right word because I remember when I was speaking to one of my mates from America and she was saying how when she was in college or what we call university and they had like um I don't know how it works with you guys, but you got scared a room and all of that kind of stuff. You'd be like, oh, a dorm room. Yeah. She was saying that like, her friends like yeah. they were putting up flags of like their country and all of that kind of stuff. And obviously she's black American, mm. she didn't necessarily have like a flag to she weren't gonna put up the yeah. American flag. And she was just saying how like she yeah. to, uh, go back, find her roots and all of that kind of stuff, done the ancestry and this mm. and that, and she's got Nigerian in her and all of this. But I just find it so, like, intriguing. Like, how do you, how do you, um, how, like, how does it make you feel? Like, do you ever, like, do you ever look at, like, Africans or, like, Caribbeans and feel, like, mm. robbed a little bit? I don't know if that question makes sense because it's basically, like, mm. they have what you're meant to have what's mm. happened you don't really you don't yeah. you don't really have it does that make sense it's like they're coming from where you where where essentially no, you're yeah, like yeah. where your ancestors come from but they're just lucky enough to still have that part of them that you guys don't like you yeah it's so intriguing to me sorry I don't know if like that's a what that question I don't know it's, it's okay a good, good. I just want to make sure that no, it's fine. Um, so <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, for the most part, um, there's and you'll find this a lot with um Black Americans depending on where they come from. So for me, I know that even though for the most part I claim being Black American, I know that like my grandfather was from Trinidad, and I know that my great grandmother was from Jamaica on my dad's side. So there's it's still little hints and clues about where like I come from. Um. But my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, um, when he came from 
Trinidad and he converted when he was a teenager. He kind of didn't really mess with any of any of the Caribbean culture okay. anymore. So he kind of was just like went full fledged into like um the Ensada Law community, which is another black American like Muslim community, and then Nation mm-hmm. of Islam, and then came right. into like I guess like regular um Orthodox Sunni Muslims. So I kind of grew up with Islam being like my culture, Islam and being black being my culture, but I didn't know that my grandfather was from Trinidad until he had passed oh, away. Wow. Yeah, so that wasn't something that was yeah, that wasn't something that I even knew. And like when I think about it now, I'm like, oh, I, I guess I can hear like a faint. Remember him having a faint like accent or something. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a weird feeling of being like feeling lost in the mix of it all because you can see people that are like, oh, y'all are from like home I guess like Mm. home base and we're like all the way down here but like the in-between is where we're lost is kind of the feeling and it's like oh yeah I wish we had like our own language and our own culture and even though black Americans we do have a lot of that like as an ethnicity that we were talking about before we don't have the same it's not held to the same like sanctity Mm. as other people's cultures it's just seen as American culture or like teenage internet Mm. talk culture um, all, every excuse in the world to rob Black Americans further of what we've been yeah. robbed of. So yeah, it's definitely a weird feeling of like, I just kind of feel like lost in the sauce. I definitely would want to know more about like where my family comes from. A lot of the reasons why it's kind of hard for a lot of Black Americans to find their like ancestry roots is because of slavery. Things were purposely like burned and gotten rid of. Um, something that's really popular is in the South, there's a lot of people that their grandparents or whoever it was, a lot of slaves who weren't documented as their right age. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then when you're going and trying to do your research about things like that, it's like the age is wrong. And there's so many, I, I know there's so many Black people who like their grandparents or their great-great-grandparents, depending on their ages, how old they are now, didn't even have a birth wow. certificate. Yeah. So it's, it's, definitely a, it's definitely a complex thing. But I what I know... Vividly is like I said, I know that my grandfather is from Trinidad and I know that in regards to my mom's side, um, they migrated from the South to New York during the Great Migration. And I think my grandmother's family is from one of the Carolinas. And through that, it, it is once you pick out a state, it's kind of um, a lot simpler to find the slave ancestry just because each state was kind of known for a different uh. thing. That's great. <laughs> each day is kind of known for like a different thing in regards to importing what they were growing and what they had like the slaves for um so there's like a lot of places you'll see like let's just say that they were known for like rice and then you can trace that they got a lot of their slaves from like Senegal or from Nigeria so stuff like that but it's definitely a really really long process and a lot of I can say within my family at least there's not a lot of conversation about ancestry like that just because it's, it's just we're kind of all over the place. Like, even like I said, with so many Black people being in the North, a lot of us are in the North because of the Great Migration. And we all, like, after you know, the Civil Rights Movement came up here. Um, so it's just it's just so much that's lost in the sauce and you just don't know about. And like I said, kind of when I grew up um, with my mom's family, we were Muslim. We were Black. And that was that. So it was, now that I'm, like, older, I'm definitely a lot more interested. And I've always had, like, a strong love and appreciation for culture and for like language and I think that's just because I didn't really have one like I kind of I always did really well like my Spanish class my French class like my Arabic classes when I would go to like madrasa on the weekends I was really always like 
like had a like a tie to culture because it was something that I knew that I didn't really have in the same way that other people did. And even now, like I really make it a, a point to know things about other people's cultures to be to experience other people's cultures. And I definitely do have plans of like going back to Africa. At least the first start first step would be going to Trinidad um, and doing more research there. I actually was thinking about this like YouTube series inspired by I don't know if you guys know um who um Swipey Taha is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he did like um this like YouTube project where he interviewed I think the the Felicini women and his family. And so when I was looking at that, I was like, that's definitely something I would love to do in regards to just like finding more members of my family. Also another thing, y'all, like black people, especially black Muslims got mad kids. Like so so <laughs> many children. And it's like so much to go through. Like my grandparents had my grandparents had eight kids. My grandfather had six kids before he met my grandmother. Whoa. And my mom, my my grandmother, all of her grandkids, I think it's almost 30 of us, including me and my siblings. And that's just on my mom's side. Honey, you sound like a Somali family. That's what so, I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the gang. <laughs> it's like, yo, that's, and that's just one side. And then it's like when you deal with the other side um, of my dad's family, it's also, oh, thank you. What's this? Oh, I have food now. This is fun. <laughs> like fun. <laughs> well, actually, I'm like a, um at like a little. I guess you could call it a festival thing. My um my parents have a natural herb and supplement business, and oh, so cool. they sell like sea moss and they make their own teas. Oh, nice. Um, cool. yeah, and so. Yeah, I'm just selling the car. I'm actually also selling the last of my frames before it's time to re-up. They're selling on my behalf. Are they selling? Did you sell a pair of my glasses? <laughs> you, oh, I hope y'all are making me money out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want my cut. Thank you. <laughs> so, so but bad. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> situation. A very black situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then on my dad's side, um, I know that like my oh, you also have to talk about like the white people and like the white influence in like our history and like our bloodline. I think they did like a study when they did the roots. There's like the OG roots movie, mm-hmm. and then there's like the roots movie that they did and it had a lot of like British actors in it. And they did like they had them take the DNA test. And the British actors for the most part had like point five one percent like white in them and um for the most part and these are people that fully identify as black and then in the when they tested the ones from the u.s they found that even if these black people had can't name a white ancestor like not a mom dad grandmother uncle whatever black americans on average have 15 to 20 percent of white in us specifically from slavery wow. even if you cannot pinpoint like you can't pinpoint no white man in your family at all, it's still that's a lot. It's a that's lot. A you know lot. what they were doing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and speaking to what Khadija was saying about the difference um of the aftermath of slavery, it just honestly it just goes to show the extent of the brutality of what it was mm. in America, which is why we're so like left in regards to what we have left. We kind of have crumbs. And so black Americans kind of had to redefine and re create so 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 many things and rebuild our communities from the ground up like multiple times so yeah it's definitely 
it's definitely a weird experience and I definitely want to travel more and just become more connected to the places that I know I have ancestry from. I know a lot of I know a lot of black Americans also feel really weird about our connection to Africa because it just feels so far away. Yeah. And like really part like irrelevant, especially if you think about some of our relationships, like I was saying earlier with like the diaspora wars. It's like, okay, so I don't have no con- connection to you as like on a personal level. Yeah. Like, what would I like? Why would I want to go there? And also, if you think about how media affects it, so many black people and just everybody in America for the most part is are grown up seeing African countries and well, Caribbean countries are seen as kind of like a vacation spot, but even that is false because there's poverty and things like that in the Caribbean, but Africa specifically, it's like, oh, it's just poor and it's a third world country. And so you're kind of like, I don't want to go there. Like, I don't have any ties to that. Well, like, why would I want to do that? So yeah, it's definitely something you have to reclaim and unlearn because that's also white supremacy and internalized anti-Blackness because we all Black. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of Black Americans, when they go to Africa, they be like, yo, it's so crazy because you be walking down the street and you're like, oh, don't, you look like somebody I know. Like, <laughs> I love that. I think um, what it just shows is just like the resilience of Black people both yeah. in uh, America and also even here because you're saying like, oh, um, you don't have a culture or whatever, but I feel like African-Americans themselves have created such a, have created such a influential culture, not just in America, but abroad as well. Because like, a few weeks ago I started watching this um I don't know why but I low-key want to get into into k-pop I don't know why but I just want to get into k-pop because it looks like I'm fun so into Korean culture. like I've been watching so much k-drama yeah yeah my dad's yeah watch. I've been watching loads so of k-dramas I was, recently I was, watching, yes. I was watching this k-pop um what's it called bts they're like dancing and they're one of their music videos and I was like wow. this is just basically influenced off of african-american culture this is just, oh yeah I was and I was and I was just like, I was like, this is so mad. This is Korea that's on the other side of the world. And like, so, I don't like, let's like, mm, not even start there. But it's so like disconnected from America. But like, look at the influence that African-American culture has had. But then also I look here at the UK and I look at us as black British people. We've not been here. We've been here for like, like really, really established here in the UK for maybe like the last 60, 70 years. I can't remember when Windrush was. Yeah. So it was like in the 40s right yeah but even then we've still had and we only make up three percent of the british of the uk population but we've had quite a lot of influence in both like the everyday culture and just and even i mean i know we still have like a long 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 way to go but i still look at us and i'm like okay we've actually made moves and we've actually made um some really great achievements and accomplishments but um i had one question that i really wanted to ask you because you are a black american woman um yes, kamala kamala harris how do you feel Ooh. about her <laughs> in the white house in the sense that i was seeing a lot of like representation politics on the tl the night that um the night that they won so i just wanted to give yeah. your perspective on how like yeah what is it like seeing her as you're in the white house and does it actually is, is it inspiring to you because i know there's a you know there's there's some conversation that's, a, that's an interesting question i'm a i very much have a very specific definition of what i consider black people just because for the most part we all know that race is a social construct and because of just like mixing yeah. and slavery there's so many different ways that you can define what somebody's race is 
And so a large part of somebody being black to me, kind of hinting what we were talking about earlier with Cardi B, is them claiming mm-hmm. black. Have them showing up for the black community, them being connected to black people, to black struggle. Um, and if that's not there, I don't care what your parents are. I don't care what you call yourself. You're not black to me. So in regards to Kamala Harris, her politics and how she was kind of running the criminal situation in California says a lot, I feel, about her character and her stance on Black people. I don't recall ever hearing her call herself a Black woman, so I won't be the one to call her a Black woman. Um, I guess it's nice to have a person of color in the White House, but, like, I also don't feel super connected to, like, PLC because it's different. When it, when the white people are around, the privilege comes out. So, for me, yeah, I, I don't know. I just look at her and I'm like, that's great. She's a woman. That's great. She's a person of color. But, like, she's a cop. So. <laughs> she's a cop. She put, she put Black people in jail, and she never, I feel like, been account like held herself accountable for those actions and yeah I don't know I think even in regards if you think of like Biden it's like oh all of a sudden y'all are Democrats like that's new information to me um yeah I don't really feel personally connected to her I also think that a lot of um black people marginalized people really need to raise our standards like not everybody's invited to the cookout because I saw a few of those tweets and I was like guys yeah they're not like black people like oh my gosh you don't call us the N-word to our face. You're invited yeah. to the cookout. Like, girl, what about yeah. like, how, how many not, plates do they have, man? Enough. Relax. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not enough, in my opinion. And I don't, I feel like it's less about what somebody looks like, for my opinion, in the White House and more about, like, their politics and how they treat people. So it's great to have a brown person in there. But if you just, a cop if you just somebody that's also trying to like oppress people of color oppress black people you didn't like I don't see no camaraderie or community with you so like I mean that's a cute job I hope the check is cute but she don't make me I've also noticed this thing with the black communities in general there isn't a lot of there isn't a lot of um how do I explain this there's not as much regulating, you know, regulate the borders a little bit more in comparison oh, yeah, to other yeah. communities. We don't really cherish and protect our cultures as much as other demographic, I've noticed. Like, we're very welcoming. And I think this is, it is rooted in colonial history, to be honest. Yeah. Um, we're very welcoming. We're very like, you know, if they can just treat us with a crumb of kindness, they're one of us now. They can, you know, like yeah. you said, join the club and stuff. And I've I've noticed this. Uh, there seems to be a trend, like whether it's in the US, the UK, whatever um, particular aspect of the black community you want to focus on. There isn't a lot of, I wouldn't even say gatekeeping. I just just a bit more discernment. Like guys, it's not every day you just let anyone in anyhow, because you would yeah. never catch this sort of behavior in other demographics on the same scale on a global level with the black community if that makes sense no, yeah, for, and that's why sure. you've got even those issues at, yeah even if you look at other like people of color in their communities like i don't i have so many friends so whether they be from bangladesh pakistan or whatever and they family back home don't even claim them <laughs> really as like pakistani or being bengali oh, because yeah. they're american you know they be like mm-hmm. yeah whatever so when you think about how like how 
much people hold their culture like near and dear to them, even in regards to people from the same culture. Like think about all the different tribes of people in like Ethiopia and Somalia, whatever. They'll still be like, yeah, we're this, we're this, we're this, mm-hmm. we're this, we're this. And it's different like groups. And like we have our own thing, our own culture, even though we can acknowledge we're all from the same land. It's like, nah, but we're, this yeah. is us as a people, that's you as a people, separate. You know, we are not the same. And I feel like there is some gatekeeping happening now, mainly just on Twitter and stuff. But now it's just a joke. Like, people are like, oh, it's just cornrows. Like, I saw a post today. I think I saw it on Twitter. And it was this black girl. She was like, I'm tired of white people trying to act like Vikings was walking around with feeding braids. But they act as though. Yes. And it's really, it's really the truth because you literally have people at every step of the game trying to undermine mm-hmm. your culture. And it happens to nobody else. And it's just because they don't really want to admit it. Like, you want to take part in it. But you also don't like Black people. So, like, how can I distance Black people from the things they created so I can now take advantage mm-hmm. of such creation? And that's, really, and that's really what it is. And then you'll have Black people who their ideas of excess yeah. are based off of white people or whiteness or the white gaze yeah. or white appreciation. And because of that, that's all they want. If a white person thinks it's cool, it's cool. If a white person... You know, like I said, don't call you the N-word to your face. And he somehow know how to, you know, like, play basketball. It's like, oh, you invited to the cookout. But that also just shows that we've really internalized the idea that, like, Black culture isn't a thing, even amongst ourselves. I don't even think it's something that we acknowledge because you'll have those Black people that's like, yeah, let my non-Black friends say the N-word. <laughs> like, for what? Like, are you going to get, are you going to take them getting beat up when it yeah. happens? Because you wanted to allow your friends to say the N-word and I didn't think we could run around to every Black person and be like, yo, what's up, my... No, it's not cute. It's definitely not cute. And it's a bit embarrassing, if you ask me. But I'm very much, like, I ge- I gatekeep Black culture so hard. I'm like, I'm, I don't even say the N-word around people that aren't Black. I will not braid your hair. I will not share... No, you cannot talk to me about... It's the Black <laughs> for me. No, because it's the cultural appropriation for me. Period. I don't play about none of that. We're not simping. None of this. No, no, none of this. No cap. No, I'm not doing it. I don't play this with y'all. I don't play with y'all at all. And I'll call people out about it like it's nothing. I will drop people. No, I'm not braiding your hair. I'm not doing your edges. You know, you can't wear that. Yes, you're culturally appropriated. And, and that's some that. Period. And I think it's, yeah, and I think it starts on an individual level. I think people need to start. If there's anybody to gatekeep, to police, to to establish your boundaries, mm-hmm. it's the people around you. If, if you're only able to be friends with these white people or non-black people, if you allow them to appropriate your culture, those are not your friends. Those are not your friends. And so many people, like non-black people, get so much like clout for being associated with black people that we don't understand the mm-hmm, power and mm-hmm, position mm-hmm. that we have. As the change, as the change makers, we literally make anything pop. And if we want to, if we look, if we, if black people say something is cool, it's cool. Period. There's yeah, no argument. Yeah, about the it. blueprint. Yeah. Literally, and we don't even acknowledge the power in that because we sit here trying to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. come on, Jim, come to the cookout, son. I'll do your cornrows. Like, yeah, you can. Like, why? Why? I don't understand. And they always want the cultural appropriation, and people always want to share black culture with ever yeah. without ever educating people about what it means to be black everybody around me that isn't black understands black culture black struggle we have intimate deep conversations about racism about what racism looks like now in present day 
and all of these nuances because you need to understand what you're dealing with when you're in relationship with me and what I require of you as a quote unquote ally. I'm not just into shallow friendships because if that was the case, child, I got siblings. I don't need to be friends, okay? I don't need to be friends. Like, I'm good. I'll never be alone. I got mad siblings and cousins. Like, I'm good on that. So, yeah, I definitely agree that there's not a lot of gatekeeping. And like I said, it does just look really embarrassing because people are really sitting here copying everything we're doing. So, like, I've seen even with, like, brands and corporations, they'll be sitting there, like, looking at all of these small influencers, all of these black people on social media and just, like, copying mm. and taking notes. And they don't like, do it well. That's the worst part. A multi-million dollar idea. And they do it. And we'd be like, nah, it's cool. Nah, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it's whatever. Well, they just mm. became a millionaire off of you. Mm. It's very true. Right. Girl. Tahira, we're going to wrap up with some quick fire questions. So I've got, um, Ooh, okay, okay. I'm ready, I'm ready. First question is... Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to use the questions that I actually came with because we took the conversation 360. Um, so first question Period. is, um, what is one thing you love about being a black Muslim woman? Um, Kind of like we were talking about before, that I know that I'm the blueprint. Like, I walk into any room and nobody looks like me. Nobody does what I do. Nobody is as unique or as creative as I am. Like, I can literally look at something and be like, wow. not as fire. I love that. And I guess what? Amen. I mean. I Can I get a Allah? I mean. Anyways. Moving on. Moving on. Okay, cool. Second question. What is three things that you can't live without. Oh, okay. I can't live without books. Um, smart. If you're listening, she's a smart one. Girl, I be reading like fantasy books. You can call me smart. That's cute too. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> I be reading about like vampires and demons and a whole bunch it of It takes stuff brain and to get that though. Cute. So you're, uh, you're smart. Yeah. You're smart. Um, I say I can't live without books. Um... Ooh, what else? Do I like anything else? <laughs> I know I'm thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> what else do I like? Um, okay, I would I would say books, and I would say um, my hijab, and I guess I guess that's it. <laughs> and the Lord, <laughs> that's it. And the oh, Lord, that's <laughs> um, okay, that is that. All right, cool. Um, last one. What is one thing that those around you must have, like that like one principle or value that your friends, family have to kind of like? I would say, I would say integrity for sure. They would have to have integrity, and I feel like that can translate into so many different things because it talks about how you treat people, how you mm. interact with people when nobody's watching. Like, how do you truly feel mm. about individuals, especially if they're oppressed? Um, and through integrity, specifically if it's coming from a place mm. of like taqwa and God consciousness, that's I feel like the best quality. Like somebody that has a large sense of integrity because they have um, an understanding and a belief in a lot or just the most high in general. And then they use mm. that and they think about that when they talk to people, when they interact with people. Like I love when you can see God in people. That's like the best quality. Mm. Mm. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Powerful. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. We were meant to have an event. Um, Where are we going to go to? We were going to go in the summer. We wanted to go in the summer. Yeah, we were were meant to have an event with you guys. But Um, obviously it didn't happen. Allah is best.